0: Hello, my name is Christine Murray, Editor-in-Chief of The Developer, and welcome to The Developer Podcast, where we talk about how to design and develop cities worth living in, which often has to do with the spaces between the buildings as much as the buildings themselves. In this episode, we meet Stanhope's Managing Director for Television Centre, Alistair Shaw. Stanhope is the developer behind flagship offices such as the Bloomberg HQ by Foster and Partners, which recently won the Sterling Prize for Architecture. The conversion and redevelopment of the former BBC Television Centre is actually Stanhope's first residential project. The project is mixed use, but with a large number of high-end flats and affordable housing. What's interesting about Television Centre is that Stanhope got the public space and the retail spaces open before the residents even moved in. This is part of a new trend to use retail and public space to nudge the kind of residents you're looking for. The retail sends a silent social signal In this case, Private Club Soho House and Chelsea's Bluebird Cafe were used to attract the people they wanted to live here. The latter was given a rent-free period to entice them to set up shop before the development was even complete. I'm here at Television Center in White City. Uh, It's in the middle of a brand new development. It's quite a nice day today. Uh, Chilly, bright and sunny. And there's a whole bunch of people sitting on the benches in this public space, a quite new public space that's in the front of Television Centre. This was a blocked off kind of car park entry point for the original BBC studios. Um, And now it's a big bit of public realm. And I just asked somebody why they're sitting on these benches because there's a huge run of them and they're all queuing up for the Bake Off final. Uh, which I guess some part of it is being filmed in the studios behind here. So um, they're sitting out in the sunshine, but actually they're queuing at the same time. Interesting, there's a really long bench and they're all sitting on the bench, which is the new kind of queuing. Um, Other than that, there are two retail spaces, don't look particularly busy. We've got the Bluebird Cafe and something called Cricket, Uh, quite high end. I read it, a little bit expensive and uh, we're going to now walk through the Television Centre, have a look at what we've got inside the original Helios one. So this development um, is some residential. We've got some offices for the BBC, television studios that can be rented out to various people, apparently quite in demand. Um, There is an outpost of Soho House, which has a private element, but also they've been convinced to have a public element down below. Um, So again, quite high end. We're not really looking at stuff for the average purchaser. I think probably the price point of these things is quite high. Quite pretty landscaping, nice little bit of trees. There's somebody doing a business call, uh, a couple of people chatting. They look like they might work here. Um, And then coming into the inner helios it's called, the kind of circular, we've got very quiet space, uh, (laughs) just with a crane making some funny noises and some retail to come here. I met Alistair in one of these cafe restaurants where he told me about how he's trying to create community among his new residents. I think it'd be really great to start off by you telling us where we are because we're in one of the independent cafes that you invited to set up here. Yeah, yeah, we're in, the, we're in the
1: Bluebird Cafe. It's their second in London. Um, and it's right at the heart of Television Center, the new, the new television center. We've mm-hmm. literally just taken the three letters off the BBC, um, although you know, the BBC is very much very much a part of the future here as well.
0: And why did you want the Bluebird Cafe
1: in this place? Well, I mean, it, it's very important to me to get actually great people and you get great people, largely in the independent sector, because it's their money, it's their business, and they care passionately about it. Um, When a business gets really big, it becomes a chain, and it's very hard to get that personality through that that I wanted. Um, So finding, it was really not so much the bluebird, it was finding the people, and we set about that by inviting what we thought were the great independent restaurants up to Studio One right at the very beginning and we explained to all the re- young and old restaurateurs what we were trying to do, what we what our ambitions were for the project and um, some of them rang me the next day and said look we want to be involved and that was that was, that was was a you know light bulb moment, we thought we can do it and a lot of the restaurants that have come here committed to us very early and that is rare, normally in a resi scheme, the retail comes like last, and we were determined to actually create a place very early on and show the intent of the project very early on. Um, and that, that meant that our restaurants were very brave, and they got behind us, and we're very grateful for them to open early and start. But accepting turnover wouldn't be as high as when this place is full and absolutely rocking, but um, they're here and they've got off to a good start.
0: And behind us is where um, there was once a car park essentially the kind of drive-in of television center now we have a great uh, piazza a big yeah place. I mean
1: the, for, the, for, the forecourt was always famous at TV center but um, it was it was it, throughout its history it was always um, closed to the public you know it was, it was a gated community at BBC television center now it's open to everybody and that was another key ambition was to make sure that we were, we were actually dropping in great urban architecture to a place where people will visit it and enjoy the buildings, because they are, you know, they're iconic. Um, you know, Studio One and the, the Helios itself, it's a round building, and it's a very rare, unusual um, set of buildings and they're all listed. And the majority of them have been uh, enhanced and protected and that's part of the story of um, of Television Centre. That, that is, Unusual because most of the time you develop in my lifetime, there hasn't really been a history. You know, you've just built it's about the future of the building, it hasn't been about the past. But this is very much about the past, celebrating the past and um, setting it up for success in in the next century.
0: So, residential is a new place for you to be developing I mean, typically you've done offices in the past and um, what have you learned through this process what has been important to you in terms of that mix and getting it right
1: oh my god we've learned so much I mean we I could keep talking about ours but no this is our first big residential scheme for Stanhope you know we've always always taken a lot of effort and pride in place making offices but um, we definitely sort of thought there was. A chance to move the needle in residential, improve place making in residential, and TV Centre was just a great opportunity because you had that that sort of makeup of public realm already because the BBC was listed and we were working with an existing space that people loved that hadn't been able to enjoy. Um, the key for me for residential was to think of it differently. I think most residential developers think about the top down. They think about the value of the residential upstairs. We were definitely thinking about it from the value. What was valuable downstairs? You know, trying to create the place first, trying to arrange the buildings, arrange the public realm, arrange the restaurants, very, very thoughtfully, so that um, the value looked after itself upstairs. If you're creating um, first impressions, a great place where pe- it's attracting people to come, you know, in in essence, you're creating value in both offices, um, residences and other leisure uses above. So we were reversing the sort of thought processes, I think, a bit.
0: You were looking to have uh, not really an absent um, tenancy in terms of the residential. You wanted people who were going to live here. How did that change the way that you developed or designed the residential?
1: Well, we did several things. I think, first of all, we we made the flat slightly bigger, I think, than our competitors had. designed for owner occupation, you know, a bit more space, always people complain there's not quite enough storage, not quite enough living space, and our flats are a little bit bigger. Um, That brought with it its own problems, actually, because of course the price point gets a bit higher when you make them a bit bigger. But I think for owner occupiers, um, if you can create the right scale of space and the right outdoor space, as importantly, um, people are prepared to pay a little bit more. For bigger flats, and we certainly introduced a lot more storage into the flats than perhaps some of our uh, competitors would have done. We we also took a view, which which I think is quite unusual, that we wouldn't um, sell any flats to more than one or two people. So we wouldn't block sell. So you can't get big investors in here buying blocks of property, and that that's important to ask, because it meant the market was open to owner occupiers and. Wasn't particularly attractive to the rental investors who are buying, you know, ten or twenty flats and renting them out. So we, we didn't. We've got no problem if an owner wants to rent their flat out, so that's fine. But, but our target market was owners and people who live here. And what we've really, genuinely found that people have bought here have an emotional connection with the place. You know, um, at an extreme example, one of our owners bought his own office that he worked in when he was at the BBC. You know, he found the, his desk, he found where he worked. We, it was now a two bedroom flat and he bought it. And that, that, that is just one example of people having a connection with a, with a place. You know, whether they've worked here or visited here. I think almost every member of the public has a memory of a great programme, whether it be Blue Peter or Two Ronnies, whatever. That, that, but that means a lot to people, I think
0: in terms of building community amongst those people who live here you have an events program of some kind to join them up or have them meet each other Can you tell me yeah about i mean that?
1: i i i am very concerned about uh soullessness in residential and people staying inside their flats and not coming out i think it's a big problem in london particularly so um we built big big spaces for for residents to gather but that in itself isn't enough you have to run An active fun, an interesting program of events for the residents to come down uh, to the residents' living's for areas, space, you know, lounge areas, kitchen areas, and actually enjoy doing things together. So you know, we've we've recently had uh, Robert Seater, you know, the head of the BBC Heritage, come and talk to the residents. We've even had a a, a pumpkin cutting uh, expert in last week. We've had a wellness talk. You know, we've had lots of interesting people. John, John Piper, for example, his autobiographer, uh, came to speak to the residents a couple of weeks ago about his life. And he, you know, John Piper, was commissioned by the BBC to, to make a very famous mosaic, which hangs in what's called the stage door here. And residents want to know about these things. So, yeah, we, we intend to run that programme for as long as we're owning and running this great, this great place.
0: So the social housing's not built yet. You're going to have a new community coming in to there yeah do you think you how will you try to to bring them into this place do you have a sense of yeah that's, I mean, it's, that's a
1: really good question I think you know we've just got to make it happen haven't we I and mean, we haven't we you know honestly we haven't got our minds to it yet but we've got to um, it's it, it's actually more than that it's not it's not just the affordable housing we will be building. We, we really need to engage the whole community. I mean, you know, we're surrounded by people that have been there a lot longer than we have. And we owe it to them. They, they put up with a lot of the disruption and, um, you know, noise and dust during these developments. But I think the great gain for the community is that Hammersmith Park, which is probably one of the greatest secrets in West London, has been refitted by us. Uh, as a community facility for um, everybody to enjoy not just the community but television center residents can use it office officers can use it we put a lot of um, community football pitches in there and for the first time ever a tv center is open to all to enjoy so the, the residents were always locked out actually in the, in, the, in its heyday the bbc was a gated community it needed to be for security reasons etc but Now everybody can walk through um, and get to the tube stations, which wasn't possible before. It's simple things like that, going to White City Tube, going to Wood Lane Tube, which were our doorsteps here, now easier to get to. And I mean, I hope the whole community enjoys our our restaurants and our shops. And um, one of the things we've really tried to do is make the people who have located here, in terms of retail, a very, very broad church in terms of price point. So on the one hand, you can buy a pizza here for under £10. And on the, on the other, you can buy a very expensive meal in the cafe we're sitting in now, the Bluebird Cafe, and a very nice one too. But you know, I think you you have to, the word I use is, is we're not an exclusive development. We're not a luxury development. I don't really like those words. They don't really sit comfortably with me. We are, we're just trying to do things well. We're trying to do them inclusively. Um, you 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 have to as a developer now reach way outside your own site and if you don't you're going to get into trouble you have to look outward and i think that's the way forward and it's hard to do but you sort of you you have to keep trying to uh, make contact with the community i'm not saying we're perfect but we going to we are going to try and we will, we've done a lot already
0: when we talk about that kind of edges, because there is a way to hammersmith at the moment it is to Hammersmith Park. It is at the moment there's a, a fence there, but presumably that'll become more permeable. Yeah, that's already—it's already. It's
1: already um, yeah, the, the only reason the, the, the two big gates into the lot is just because we're in the last couple of weeks of construction. It's dangerous. So but as soon as the construction lorries are gone, the park's going to be fully open. You'll be to breeze through the Television Centre.
0: And that sense of, um, if we zoom out a bit, we've got Westfield, we've got these other major developments happening around. How easy is it to knit through, or how much, in, is there kind of a cohesion, uh, you know, cross-developer communication yeah, in terms of this no, place you're making? Big,
1: that's a good question. Well, uh, there's a lot. I mean, we're very, we're very lucky. We I meet them every every month. The big developers of Westfield, ourselves. Imperial College, um, and of course, you know, Barclay Homes, so building 1400 homes in White City as well. And we meet a lot to talk about those sorts of things. Um, we owe it to each other to make the whole of White City a great success. You know, that's actually been, if I'm honest, the toughest thing. You know, actually putting White City on the map, you have to make some big moves, and we did. Um, we created, actually, before um, TV Centre was nearly complete, the, the best rooftop bar in London here. You know, it's called Pergola on the Roof. It attracted about 150,000 people out to White City on a derelict car park, you know, to come and enjoy themselves. We set up a gallery on a derelict petrol-filling station here, an art gallery, it opens in, in November. Um, and we're, we're, we're attracting a temporary theatre into White City. You know, th- these moves are meaningful. And it's not just talk, it, it's, and that we're doing it because we want to bring people up to White City to see what's going on.
0: Because there's huge cultural vibrancy down by Shepherd's Bush, where the market is. I mean, yes. it's, it's a really diverse, really buzzy place. Um, very different demographic yeah. um, set of people. I mean, is the ambition to try and draw them up as well? Are you ever worried about there being a kind of?
1: Well, the, the big <laughs> idea around that is the railway office. Um, the railway arch is run from Westfield, uh, almost in Notting Hill actually, through Westfield, through Television Centre, all the way to Shepherd's Market. So there's a great opportunity to connect it up and um, we will. I mean it's, it's, it's part of phase two and it's part of that is to actually really reinvent the way the arches are. Um, Great things is we all know are being done in London the railway arches these days and uh, Westfield have actually already refurbished um, I think it's eight or 12 and they're going to open in the new year and, and, and we when we get around to phase two we'll do the same and that—that—that that, the whole plan is that, that is the, the link. you've better walk via the railway arches if you like from Notting Hill right into Shepherd's Bush Market. It's quite exciting.
0: The neighbourhood is not buzzing yet. Walking around the wider development, which includes Television Centre, Westfield and White City Place, the pockets of shiny new buildings seem like high-security enclaves. The new developments are surrounded by older housing estates and wide, fast main roads. There are a lot of CCTV cameras and bollards around, part of the security detail for the television studios, and this makes the development feel like private space. By the time we emerge from the cafe, the queue from the bake-off has moved on, and the public space, despite the sun, is empty. Alistair admits that it's been hard on the retailers to have been brought in before there was any natural trade. But the retail is seen as critical to making this a place. In a few weeks, three more hand-picked independent shops will open in the Helios, including a dry cleaner and a gourmet grocery store. And Alistair expects them to offer an almost concierge service to those who live there.
1: Um, And what what we want to do is do a lot more of taking the restaurant's to the audience. Okay. You know, at the moment there's this like, oh can I, can't I? So we're trying to get them to do a lot more mobile food. Yes. Just take it out on platters and serve.
0: Yes. Yeah. And maybe extend the seating?
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, then then as you go into television Centre, it's very deliberately designed to start changing the type of space. So this space is much more sit on the grass, have a sandwich, more for the office worker, uh, you know, Sit and chat on the gr- on the grass on the seats, but more like a lunchtime, eat a sandwich, and then the next stage is very much more bit more contemplative, read a book, get away from the hubbub a bit more, um, you know, not 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 for a big crowd and chatty, just maybe a bit of a soul a sou- soul alone lunch, and then finally you get into the Helios, which is very very quiet, and that's just got very small amount of private seating just to read a book, so it's sort of changes character as you go deeper into TBC this is this is this is quite interesting this is Soho House I don't know if you've heard about yes. Soho House but this is their biggest club in the world now in White City That's so, you know that is a pretty unusual thing and, and what we've done for the community here is the first time ever Soho House have had to it we've made them open up to the public so anybody can go in there.
0: Aha uh-huh. and so where is the private element? Up okay. the top. Okay so but the that, that is
1: unusual. So mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't want exclusivity. And they were reluctant, but they, they agreed. In fact, they think it's been a good idea. Um, and that, that uh, means that, I mean, you can pop your heads in, it, it's, it, you know, almost anybody feels like a member. Because the hotel reception's there, the bar's there, the food is there, the coffee, and that's pretty much, these guys almost trade 24-7. they they shut at 3 a.m so it's a long day
0: yeah and once you get into here is it all residential or is still a mix of uses Um, there's a mix
1: of uses in here so the first two floors are soho house's hotel 40 47 rooms um it's very quiet in here
0: yes
1: so a great place for reading a book or if you're living here or staying here in the hotel it's just very quiet
0: i mean it's an amazing space
1: yeah and we're putting retail in here as well and this is why i call residence retail so you know, uh, we got the local dry cleaner, Blanc. He, he this guy's a husband and wife team. You know, we met them and we liked them. And yeah, you know, we could have gone with a big dry cleaner, but we haven't. We've gone with uh, Ludovic and his, his lovely wife. And you know, it's-
0: Is there a key cutter and a shoe repair shop too? Well, next
1: door, yeah. we're um, close to landing. Um, uh, um, I'd call it a nail bar hairdresser, you know, facility, which I think is quite nice. and. Over in the back, they've got Bailey and Sage, who are um, a fresh food store. But again, they're not a chain. They've got a couple of stores. I think they've got one in Wimbledon. They've got one in Battersea. Um, um, so, so you see,
0: retail is really essential in terms of essential, building
1: essential. Yeah, is
0: that to build community too? So you bring your stuff to Ludovic, and you 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 yeah, have a relationship I, with yeah. Well, me. I said
1: to Ludo, you know, you've got to make you've got to your our residents got to be your best friends. Yeah. Yeah, they know and, your name and there's uh, a
0: place to go and they meet each other there.
1: That's right, and, and Jenny who used to run well it does run Bailey and Sage, you know, she used to she used to be the CEO, I think, of Cullens. If you remember Cullens is a great supermarket and she's now got her own business and you know, she she wants the same relationship. She wants to know what, you know, Mrs. Blogging's favourite pastor is. And I think that's what you get when you get independence, which is it's impossible. Not that I've got any problem with sages and waitress and Tesco, they're great, aren't they? But I think they're they not going to know the resident's They can possibly name. offer that. This, you wouldn't expect them to. So
0: um, it's kind of a concierge approach to retail. And then is that... So is that... That seems quite key to your idea of community building.
1: Yes, it is. It, 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 it is. And hand hand. and han, it, it's the actual people that count, though. It's not the brand. It's not what they do. It's the personality. These personalities, we want to get involved um, with our residents. So, for example, um, the restaurant Home Slice, which, um, you know, makes pizzas, had an evening with the residents showing them how to make a pizza. And it's just fun, you know, it was a good good two-way street, so they got to know each other and, you know, the the, the manager knows the the residents and they can arrange a discount or... A, a delivery in the evening and that sort of thing um, so yeah it's a very much two-way, a two way arrangement
0: I've been looking at some of the regeneration schemes and we do see sometimes with the, the either affordable housing or social housing element and the private housing element that they don't frequent the same shops or end up and, and there's a sense that that community ends up even you know having kind of fraction within um that retail provision but then sometimes there are certain places that everybody goes to like a gp practice or uh sometimes it is the key cutter or the shoe shop and that this builds kind of community cohesion too i mean i don't know if that's something that you're thinking about i mean certainly it seems to me that the park could be quite central to that
1: yeah i think the park i think the park will be and i just was told today that We've got two football teams amongst our residents playing five a side now, against the local community. And I said, well, we get, we'll, we'll have a team as well, you know, the estate team. And that, that's, that's just started. And that's right in the middle of the park. And, and that's, was that, what a great way for the community to actually meet your neighbours. It's, it's a good thing, it's quite natural. It's, it doesn't feel forced to me at all.
0: Are there many families, or is it mostly, what's your... No, there are
1: families here. We've got quite a few children. A lot of them have bought these ground floor flats here for the children. This, this is the only private bit of the whole of the 14 acres. It's quite small. It's just an arch garden. But the rest of it that we're walking in now, anybody can walk through. And that's exactly what the White City resident will do. They'll walk straight through this passage, through the Hellas, and get to White City Tube. Ten minutes quicker than they used to be able to.
0: Okay, so once this comes down, yeah, and what's behind this porting? Phase
1: two. So this is where the um, new 150 affordable homes is going to go. Okay. Plus another, hopefully, 350 uh, new residences um, once once this first phase of the centre is completed. Hello.
0: and this will be a real street mm. um. Oh, that's
1: quite interesting. there, there is the that's another community thing. This is a derelict car. Well, I say derelict, I mean it's, it's sort of a derelict car park. You see on the top, the yes. pergola? Yes. That was the rooftop bar. And that that brought people from all over the White City community. And from much further afield to mix. You know, it was it was very successful. I think um, Vogue actually voted it the eighth best rooftop bar in the world.
0: <laughs> so, why which is is quite it, so why is it gone? Aren't you sad? Well,
1: I'm sad. <laughs> um, but that's, we, we need to get on and deliver the affordable house for, houses for Londoners there. And that's the site. So we're shortly to demolish that. Um, and that's, that's the next phase. We're sort of quite excited about that. And you're right. The thing I, I want to think about most is probably how do we... How do we properly, properly make everyone living there um, fully part of this great project? And that's, That is important, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say I've got all the answers to that yet, but it, I'm going to try.
0: Well, you wouldn't be the only one who didn't have the answers. And then what about this? There's another yeah, housing estate so, actually Well, we can just bordering. walk through here. And this yeah. is all
1: public, by the way, still. Um, this used to be the back of television centre. And, um, and would
0: that have been in private? road. It would here. have
1: been totally private. Um, this was completely gated off um, and the Blue Peter Garden was at the back here as well.
0: So we've got, now we've got kind of front doors and front balconies of the housing, yeah. the lower block. The That's lower right,
1: the, the floor 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 people, floor. people who I think have chosen to live here um, because fundamentally it overlooks the, the park Yes. and it's west facing so it's a nice, it's a nice warm outlook.
0: Were you tempted to have more connections through to the park you 've got such a yeah. beautiful view, but you have such a strong fence
1: well yeah i mean i 'm going to show you in a minute We've got a, we 've got put a, we put some gates gates through and the, the reason there 's a fence actually is a very big change of height it 's quite dangerous actually if we don 't put the fence up there we, you sort of could fall off the, f- fall off so it, you can see we 're just moving down now and it, it levels out and that 's where we put the gates into the park this is this is interesting the um the owners of the television centre are actually Japanese, Mitsui Fudosan, And this is one of the great Japanese gardens in London. And uh, Mitsui Fudosan have invested to put these Japanese lanterns in. You can see they've just gone in here. And there was a very big celebration of the opening of the Japanese garden recently. And it's, it's just really tranquil.
0: I saw two people doing Tai Chi in it earlier.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that's all part of our outreach programme. As this is the children's uh, playground, which is used by all, and there's some tennis courts here as well. So, will this block. be
0: an open access kind of 24 hours to the park, or is yes. it, an ambition I mean, for it, it to Yes,
1: I mean, I think, I think the only um, thing we're just going to have a quick look out for is match days, the right. QPR match days, okay. um, because it may not be ideal to have the QPR fans all pouring through the park.
0: So, so this then, would be So this, this is all here. going to be opened
1: up um, in about two weeks' time, actually. This is the this is going. This site here is going to be an office building.
0: Okay, and will there be a route through to the? Because you've got the rest of White City Place through That's there. That's right.
1: Um, we we would love that. We need to. Uh, talk to the Territorial Army, who own the land between us and White City Place. Right, and there's a big fence around
0: that. I saw that. They've got
1: a... Well, Territorial Army, obviously, you know, security conscious, so... Yes. Yeah, but that would be... Trying to get this more permeable mother yeah because i was
0: coming down um south africa road and it is amazing that it is very defended space the territorial army and the estates and the schools i mean it's really a row of fences on that side and then the park itself is amazing because you open into there Mm. you've come through um and it's kind of um it's interesting like in terms of the street um activating the street that's got to be quite a an ambition
1: and one of the things you were talking about earlier about learnings, I mean, this is, um, as I explained, this was the back of television centre. We've tried to, we're trying very hard, and I think there's a lot more work to be done to try and make it the new front, if you like. So this is, this is potentially a very busy route into television centre. It is public. It is the most direct route to get to White City Tube. And I would like all the office workers <laughs> and... Um, a lot of the residents to use this as their primary route because what it will do for us is enliven all the restaurants that we put. It's a high risk strategy for them and for us. Um, We put them at the back and we want it to thrive so these are dependent on changing people's habits a bit and the way they approach television centre.
0: And whether Um, it feels private or public so that's interesting. Have you thought about when you speak to people do they read this as a public no we've got we've
1: we've actually had to another learning we've realized that actually you've got to change the nature of the way it feels right at the entrance so um, there are automatic bollards at the bottom of the street which I've now decided to never raise because it just doesn't feel it feels too security conscious you've got them up So um, I will keep them down. I mean, if there's a security problem, we can raise them. But you know, you need to make we need to make it feel pretty welcoming at the front there. And I'm going to do a lot more sort of what I call art-based work and more signage to make what's known as the North Gate Terminal Centre into a main gate. You know, a proper entrance. Um, And we've got a bit we've got a bit more to do on that.
0: So it's funny, it's an interesting thing about how people perceive space and whether they perceive it as a place they can walk down or not, and yeah. what leads them in. And, I think yeah. it, and And then what's on the other side of this wall?
1: Um, is there a just outside there is the, service, the servicing for television. Uh-huh. It's very busy, it's very dangerous, so we don't like to residents or the public to go down there. Yes. Because it's a very, you know, the BBC, you remember, they are bringing in lorries 24-7. They have to. They they change the set during the night, so it's it's busy, and uh, it's quite separated, which is a good thing. And it's, in you know, we, we don't want that area. It's one area. I don't want the public mixing yes. in that area at all. And it's it's meant to feel separate.
0: Yes, it does. It feels like a moat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is I think it's important. This this is also quite rare. This is actually a public street. So this is a sort of Some of the permeability you've been talking about. Yes. Everyone can walk through here and get to the forecourt that way. Um, And that's the first time I've come across that. That sort of um, one of the main office entrances is also.
0: It's a bit more a like Canary thrifer. Wharf. There's a bit of Canary Wharf yeah, where you've right. got to kind of cut through the buildings. But I,
1: mean, I think the, the thing I want to do here is make this even more blurred at the edges. So we have four restaurants that, that, that back into this yes. foyer, but I want to more blur the edges so that mm-hmm. maybe there's more seating coming into the foyer. and yeah, did you ever think about the it. kind
0: of bringing them into the... I mean, it's a, it might be difficult to bring them onto the street, but that might Well, seem we, what
1: we, we yeah. did, and what I, I, I tried very hard, and what I, what I couldn't do was find the seating right outside, but yes. I did find these spaces.
0: On the other side, so, yeah.
1: And actually, you're just seeing it now. In the evening, in the summer, it's actually a lovely, lovely space here. and It's, just, it's bathed in sunshine, and this is um, Patty's... Uh, area and there's home slices over there and that that, that has worked very well. Now, I love the fact that you, the the waitresses and the waiters cross the street. Yes. it's quite continental. <laughs> you know, it's it quite is. nice. Yeah. and they do that. They do that, don't they? In France, etc. And I, I it adds a bit of animation to the place.
0: So, what are you thinking in terms of what signage to draw yeah, people we're down? Go, we're or? doing. We're
1: going to do some really colourful signage, and I'm prob I'm really hoping I'm going to do a major piece of artwork on the front. We've done one already. We had Carl and Craig, who are local art artists. They did an incredible installation on the petrol filling station, which really got a lot of um, attention in the design press. And um, I'm hoping they'll come back and do something at the entrance here, it's just, just to be, you know, just to make it a bit more interesting and yeah. if something's going on.
0: There's a couple of, um, we were noticing just near the White City Station, there's a couple of, like, pop-up tents that do food and things like that. Do you ever think of inviting them down (laughs) onto your street? Well, I'm
1: pretty open to street food. I mean, I think we've done quite a bit of it in the forecourt. Yes. Particularly feeding the audience Mm -hmm. before and after. I I really like to use my own restaurants to do it, if possible, because I want to make sure they Thrive. thrive. But when they don't want to, I think, I think, and also they like to have variety, too. It adds a bit of interest, and there's no reason why we couldn't do more of that. Mm-hmm. Particularly when the place is full, which uh, isn't long away now.
0: No. So what, what's in this um, piece further down on the right?
1: Well, that, that is BBC Worldwide's headquarters. Okay. That's the sort of commercial arm of the BBC that sells the programmes across the globe. And they, they have 1,200 people working there. Wow. And... Um, that and the television studios are what I was mentioning earlier, the BBC very much part of its future here. And um, television studios are really in demand in London. You know, it's... Um, the ITV ones on the South Bank are closed, actually, and the Hammersmith studios have been redeveloped. So they're very popular here, and they're fully booked, The studios. Um, and it, it's good, because it, it, it brings a lot of people up here to see what's going on in the greater picture of White City and I think we we touched on this earlier, we've got great partners doing good things up here. Imperial College have their new campus here, um, which is their, other than South Kent, is their really big expansion area. We've got Westfield just opened John Lewis uh, and is thriving. I think it's now the biggest shopping centre in Europe and Barclay Homes are building their first 400 or 1,400 homes. So there's a lot going on and a lot to explain to people.
0: What's your biggest, um, what do you think is the biggest challenge, what keeps you up at night?
1: I think the, the, this, the biggest challenge, believe it or not, is still putting White City on the map. People still say to me, every time I meet someone in the White City, gosh, I can't believe how quickly I, you know, I got here from central London, you know, didn't never, I thought it was quite a way out, you know, but it's, I think it's 12 minutes from Bond Street. That, that getting that understanding that we're actually very close to central London is still quite a big barrier, if I'm honest. And um, you, it surprises people how close we are. Um, I think the only other thing that keeps me up at night is there, uh, there, the, the investors up here have done a fantastic job. they are not just talked about it, they've delivered a lot. But I'd like to see a lot more just connecting us all up and the one piece that does is actually Wood Lane, which is quite a famous street. And I want you know everyone to get behind helping the council and the big developers up here just make it a great artery. It's hard to do. It's an important um, traffic distributor, but it also needs to be user friendly, and it needs to have the ability to cross it uh, in a very easy and user friendly way. And I think. Um, when you, I hope you next come up here, that piece will be solved, and that, thats my ambition is to try and try and connect us all up brilliantly with the uh, with the Wood Lane, and that that, that takes real uh, talent, I think, and, and and skill to take what is you know, effectively a traffic engineer solution and make it architectural and interesting.
0: So, whose job is that? Who's working on that?
1: Well, we've. Um, We've actually been working with a, a landscape architect called LDA to help us vision it and encourage the council, which it has now done, to take up their own uh, architectural design. And we're working together now, piecing together what the art of the possible is because we all want it to be a better place, but there are minimum requirements, mainly based around traffic content it has got to keep flowing. and bicycles have got to keep riding mm-hmm. and you know, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's only a finite amount of space to do all these great things, which is make it user friendly for pedestrians to cross, cyclists and traffic all uniting together and um, make the street furniture a bit more you know, artistic and inviting yeah. um, and you know, it's, 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 it's that piece, tell me, it's not, it's, I can tell you it's, it's, it's not easy.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for taking us on this tour okay. and talking to us no, it's today. it was a pleasure.
1: It's a pleasure.
0: <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by The Developer. Produced by Simon Mercer. With music by Fortet. I'm Christine Murray, and you can reach me on Twitter at at TCMurray. For more podcasts, visit us at thedeveloper.live.